welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, guys, welcome back from uh, doing a little bit of step two inventory work. Um, so no doubt you've gotten a chance to write some things down around the important figures in your life, important people in your life, and how those affected you um, around your your own personal formation of a God concept, if you will. Um, I know for me that was important because I, I really didn't have, shall we say, nearly as bad a guidance uh, in, in many of these categories as others did. But what was interesting for me is that even though that was true, I still had some some things that were very important that came out of this inventory that I would probably not have gotten to uh, look at Certainly, I hadn't gotten to look at yet, and so even at that, you know, my parents and I had a great relationship, and it wasn't necessarily all that bad. But it was in the step two inventory that I realized that that there were some things quietly missing there too, and that were very, very important. And of course, they had a big impact on my perception of God. So um, it was a this was a, this is an important piece of work, regardless of how it went for you, um, because it really can make a big difference in in how in um, how it goes. So, anyway, uh, hopefully we can. This is a tool you can use with your sponsor, and you can sit down and go through all these things, and uh, and make the next the next advancements. So, now we get on to step three. Uh, first of all, who um, who had uh, difficulty writing that last column? Truth I choose to believe today. Yeah. That's that's pretty common. I had I had a real difficulty with that. You might want to think of it as truth. I would like to believe today, right? <laughs> um, and and those are those can be affirmations. And if you don't really believe those things that you would like to believe, um, <clears throat> write them out uh, on, a, on a piece of paper or or an index card. Um, I, I find a three by five, or, or a, um, if you need more room, a four by six index card. Just write them out. You know, maybe one per line. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you've got five, six, um, even as many as ten uh, affirmations. <clears throat> write them out and, and put it in a place that you can uh, see it every day, every morning. Um, I, some, some guys carry them with them. They laminate them and carry them with them. Yeah, I tape mine up on my mirror in my bathroom in the morning. I, I see it. I can read through the affirmations. And um, <clears throat> if you do that for, say, 90 days, um, you will, you'll start to actually internalize those affirmations. Those, those things that you would like to believe really become things that you do believe. Um, <clears throat> And uh, so, if, if you if you have problems, um, you know, coming coming to some uh, idea about God that that it, that you would um, 
prefer over the things that you learned from the powerful people in your life, then um, that's that's a good way to do that. Yeah, and another thing too is that you know um, this is all about moving from wherever you are to a point where you really can become completely convinced and and, and become completely okay with yourself that there really is a power greater than yourself and it's not you and that you're now what that will set forth for you if you're anything like me is that you're going to now just instinctively because it's human nature look for proof of that and and that somebody uh well mike mike brought up uh, some comments earlier that um i want him to offer now kind of around some of those thoughts am i on on the right topic mike yeah i think so uh yeah. Uh, belief, if we could transpose the word for faith, faith and belief, pretty synonymous, I think. And so uh, I was using faith this morning when I was on the expressway uh, to believe that as I kind of pass between these two cars, neither of them are going to decide now's the time to change lanes into my lane. Uh, another aspect is um, I booked a flight for July for um, my family's vacation, and I have no idea how to get all that tonnage of steel off the ground and from this state to another state. I, I, I understand that there are some principles here, but I, I just don't get it all. I think our program is kind of like that. You know, we walk in, we start doing the work, we understand some of the principles. We see that it works because there's people with sobriety around. And, you know, when I heard that these people had, like, a week of sobriety, that was, like, impossible. They're lying. Then some people had months, years of sobriety, multiple years of sobriety, and I, I, I thought they were on another planet. That's impossible. Uh, but as I got to know the program, more of the stuff filled in for me, and then I started getting sobriety. But I didn't have to understand it all. I uh, just like getting on the plane. I don't understand it all. But I'm just glad it works, and uh, the program is, is that way for me, too. Great. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thanks, Mike. Okay, we're, uh, we're in the big book on page uh, 60 in the middle. Before we read um, the, the version that's in our big book, I'm going to... Uh, this is almost a little humorous. I'm, I'm going to read... The, the version that was in the original manuscript um, before the before the first edition. This is in chapter five of how it's called how it works. So again, we're on page sixty, right? Um, page sixty. Yeah, page sixty. Why did I write? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in the original manuscript, it said, "Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after." have been designed to sell you three pertinent ideas. Bill was a salesman. <laughs> so he's, he's selling you these ideas. A, that you are alcoholic and cannot manage your own life. B, that probably no human power can relieve your alcoholism. Could have relieved your alcoholism. C, that God can and will. Could and would if he were sought. Now the original manuscript says, if you are not convinced that these vital issues, you ought to reread the book to this point, or else throw it away. <laughs> I'm glad they changed that because I, I don't, you know. 
I may have thrown the book away and, and, and missed, missed the gift here. And of course, today's version of course reads, Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, that God could and would if he were sought. It's a much different approach. The word could becomes very enabling. So, Yeah, and they, they could have removed the word probably from, from B. Yeah. Probably no human. Any. Yeah, you can strike probably, and it still <laughs> works really well for me anyway. Being convinced... We were at step three, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood Him. Just what do we mean by that, and just what do we do? So, I, being convinced, I hope you're convinced at this point of, of these three pertinent ideas. That you were sexaholic, can't manage your own life, that no human power uh, can relieve your sexaholism and that God can and will if you seek him. <clears throat> if you're convinced of those uh, ideas, you're at step three. The first requirement uh, talking about just what do we mean by that and just what we do the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. Um, I, I'm going to go back and reread this and um, start start this section again and read it um, as I suggest that, that you you read this and put your own name or, or speak this in the eye. Yeah, speak it in first person. Um, so the first requirement is that I be convinced that any life run on self-will or my will can hardly be a success. Uh, on that basis, I am almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though my motives are good. I try to live by self-propulsion. Um, I'm like an actor who wants to run the whole show, forget, forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in my own way. If my arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as I wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including myself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, I may sometimes be quite virtuous. <laughs> sometimes. Most of the time. I think. He uh, or I may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand... I may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, I am more likely to have buried traits. 
Um, when I don't get my way, I'm uh, usually of this um, uh, second category, um, mean, egotistical, selfish, dishonest. Uh, I wrote here, all of it is an effort to get our own way. Yeah. Manipulative. That's what it's talking about, you know, being the director of my own show, trying to manipulate other people to be the way that I want them to be, so that I can get what I want. What usually happens, the show doesn't come off very well. I begin to think life doesn't treat me right. I decide to assert myself more. I become on the next occasion still more demanding or more gracious as the case may be. Still the place, the play doesn't suit me. Admitting I may be somewhat at fault, I'm sure that other people are more to blame. I become angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is my basic trouble? I've asked that time that many times. What 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 the heck is my problem? What's so wrong with me? Yeah. Am I not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Oh yeah. Uh, am I not a victim of the delusion that I can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if only I manage well? Oh, no. Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things I want? Got it. Can't you people see? <laughs> oh, no. And do not my actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Um, am I not even in my best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony oh, no. um, so it goes on our actor is self-centered egocentric as people like to call it nowadays he's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter complaining of the sad state of the nation the minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave, the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations are not most of us convinced with ourselves, uh, are, are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, or our self-pity. Here's the kicker. This, this, well, this next paragraph. Selfishness. Self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our, of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, some seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past we have made decisions based on self-will which later placed us in a position to be hurt. And in the margin I write, stuff I did not done to me. If I am not the problem, there is not a solution. Yeah, that goes to the next paragraph. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. And this, this is good news, actually. Our troubles of our own making. 
He says, if, our, if my troubles are um, because of someone else, I have no control over the solution. I have no, I have no control to change the situation. That, that someone else is, is causing the trouble um, or something else. And um, I, only, I only have you know, the power to, to change myself, to, to, well, to, to change something within me um, to, to make any kind of uh, uh, you know, change to my troubles. Let me write, read on there. Um, what's that? Let me read on yeah. there. So it goes on to say here on page 62 in the middle, So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic or sexaholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we sexaholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible. Now again, God makes that possible is a statement that's being offered right after this whole discussion on spiritual program and this whole discussion on step two. So God makes that possible. And there are often and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without God's aid. Many of us had moral and and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them, even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. Again, this is very clear. Had to have God's help. Not much option there. So, Bill's making the, the way forward very clear. He goes on to say, this is how, and this is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It simply didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. In other words, we're firing the management. Cleaning house. It's time. What? For poor performance, right? Isn't that what Bill said? (laughs) Poor performance? How about abject failure? (laughs) So, God was going to be the director. He's the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone Uh of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. So the, the, the bricklayer is involved again now. So we're building an arch, and every arch has to have a keystone. And, and if you don't know what a keystone is, basically when you're doing stone, cut stone arches, you stack these big chunks of stone, and the two top ones kind of have a curve in them, and if you, you just can't just lean them together necessarily. So what you do is you have this trapezoidal shaped stone that sits in the middle of them, and the two arches lean against it, and that stone is, acts as a chink. It, it acts as a as a as a a, a stop and a, a holding device to keep that that piece of architecture in, in in place. So from then on, even as the mortar cures, that thing's always leaning on itself, and it has structural integrity. It's an engineering. Some of you engineers in here are, are hoping I'll stop talking in a minute because you completely get it. <laughs> so, but anyway, going on. Here we are building buildings again. So what? a keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. 
So steps one, two, and three are an introspective look at what's wrong with us. Once you package all that stuff up, we walk through an arch. So keep going here, Kevin. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things followed. <clears throat> we had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. I, <laughs> I like that sentence. It's really almost kind of almost condescending. You know, um, we became less interested in ourselves and our little petty plans and designs. How insignificant I am. It used to be the central part of my entire life, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. Uh-oh, that's new. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed <coughs> peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully, as we became conscious of His presence we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. That's pretty big. What is that? Is that a third step promise? Those are promises, yeah. And I don't have them highlighted in my book. Oh, no. See, I, how long I've waited for you to have <laughs> overlooked something. <laughs> His highlighting is even color-coded. You, yeah. you'll have to tell you about that. <laughs> Um, my highlighting is color coded because I happened to find that particular color when I needed to highlight something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as I get. You know, he's got a whole system. <laughs> uh, more and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life as we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind. Wow, peace of mind. This is that guy that writes stuff in the book when we're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's the it's the automatic updates. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that, that that I know that over mandatory the, shutdown because we're going to yeah. update your Windows yeah, yeah. In the background, right? Um, as we discovered, we could face life successfully. Wow, there's a new concept. As we became conscious of His presence, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. Losing my fear. That never happened before. We were reborn. We were now at step three. Well, we were at step three a couple pages ago, but I guess now we're really at step three. Um, and then um, it has this, the third step prayer here, which we're, we're going to um, say in a moment. Um, uh, it says further on, though, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to Him. In other words, can, can you, do you really mean it? Well, and if you think you mean it, if you kind of want to mean it, and you're not really sure, just assemble everything you got and give it a whirl. Because remember, the only step we do perfectly is step one. And... You know, it took a while for me after I memorized the third step prayer to actually get to a point where I could really sit on that thing and, and really and really look at it and really let it be in me, you know. And I had a guy ask me, he says, you know, I think I talked about this earlier, you know, each phrase, stop and ask yourself, do I really believe that? 
I just said it. Do I really believe it? And you might not. You know, if you're a character like me, you, know, you, just, you just might not be there yet. Well, just keep saying the prayer. Pretty soon, something will happen in your life. Things will start to come together in your life. And all of a sudden, that, that phrase that you're having a hard time with is going to have a different meaning to you. Eventually, this thing sorts itself out. That's the beauty of it. So, if you're not quite there yet, go, go with the process anyway. Progressive victory. We are not saints, guys. You know, I... I'm just, you know... I'm, I struggled with a lot of this stuff. And uh, so... It takes some time sometimes, and then sometimes it doesn't. Some guys are just so sick of themselves, it's like, yeah, I'm just doing this, come on. <laughs> so be wherever you are. And and then it's step three is taken by taking the prayer. How do you want to do this, Kevin? Well, um, so what we're going to do is, uh, we, we often say this prayer, or we at, at the end of our Tuesday night meetings, we, we say this prayer, and you know we, we memorize it, and we kind of uh, fly through it, um, just saying the words. Um, but I, what we're going to do now is, is um, just where, where we're at, we'll um, uh, say the prayer, um, Bible lead us, and one line at a time, just, just, like, just like you said, Bob, one line at a time and stop. And you can, uh, you can say it to yourself or you can say it out loud with Bob, um, but we're going to stop at the end of each phrase. And just reflect on that. What does that really mean? What, what am I? What am I doing here? And do I really mean it? Um, an exercise you may want to do uh, later is is take this prayer and write it in your own words. What what is it? What does each phrase really mean to you? How would how would you phrase it? Um, in in a way that you know makes sense to you. And then, uh, and then discuss that with your sponsor. Um, okay. Question. Okay. Okay. Um, so get yourself comfortable and uh, if you aren't already, and uh, we will begin the prayer here. In just a second. Third step prayer. God. I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self. That I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties. that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. 
Help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. Welcome to step three, fellas. You just took it. And, of course, our sponsor uh, insisted that we memorize this, didn't he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about Will. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. That was a prerequisite. So it says here, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to Him. So if you're having problems still with the idea of abandoning yourself utterly to Him, um, that's not terribly different than um, driving to uh, Denver and getting somewhere about 30 miles west of Des Moines having the old car you're driving break down and deciding as you get out of it to throw the keys on the hood and walk away fully expecting to never see that vehicle again because you're so sick of working on it. That's abandoning yourself utterly. What this is asking me to do is abandon myself abandon myself like I would abandon that car. I don't want to see it again. I abandon myself utterly. Abandon myself. I'm, I'm abandoning my own self-supervision. I'm abandoning um, my self-will. See, the third step prayer to me is like a great mortgage closing. I'm transferring the ownership of my will from me to God. And I'm asking for some criteria in there. You know? Take away my difficulties. Let me bear witness to those I'd help that this works. That's what I'm doing. And I know in doing this that I can't help anybody. I can't even help hardly myself. I'm a danger to myself and others is the point without making this transition of ownership. So that's why I like to think of the third step prayer as the great mortgage closing on my will. And I'm selling it to God. Actually giving it to God because He really doesn't want it. Now He wants it badly. He really wants me to do this. But it isn't a money transaction. It's a free will transaction on my part to say to God, look, here it is. I'm done trying to run what you've created because I'm making a mess of it. And the good news is, is that even though it's not very desirable in the condition I offer it, he takes it anyway, just like that. Yeah, and and this is um, I'm just taking step three, but it's it's not a one-time thing. For me, it's it's a daily. Um, I wake up in the morning and and I realize I've got, you know, I've, I've got a fire my management for the day. Um, if I don't if I don't install God as my manager for the day, I'm gonna be wandering around in my own will and I, I know how that day goes. Doesn't seem to ever end well. No. Usually doesn't even start well. 
And it falls apart most of the way through, too. Yeah. Sooner than later, most of the time, right? Yeah. Um, so, abandon myself every day in the morning. First thing, first thing I do, um, is uh, get get some uh, get some new management uh, in there. Well, here's something I want to share with you too about um, about this third step prayer that Bill had offered. It was uh, he says here I was able to make this decision only I after I had identified my false beliefs about God, let go of those old ideas, those old ideas and identified the beliefs and ideas by which I was going to live my life from that moment forward. I realized that this was actually a decision to continue with the remaining steps in an effort to develop a relationship with this newfound friend who could and would restore me to sanity if he were sought. Now, just a bit about the guy that wrote that. That's Bill's comments, my sponsor's comments. And my sponsor um, had been put in a psych ward for suicide uh, watch before he finally came to recovery. So when when he talks about restoration to sanity, he he has some very difficult first-hand experience with what insanity looked like for him um, and and so that that comes from a very deep and um, very experienced place so he, he looks back at, at his transformation here as um, basically that which saved his own life so you know this is powerful stuff um, so pages 60 through 63 of the big book are devoted to step 3 um, there's questions in there, and you should answer those with your sponsor. The first paragraph of 63 describes the results we can expect when we take the step. Um, we refer to these as the third step promises. What One of them that's our favorite is that the idea that we would lose, I, I would lose my fear of today, tomorrow, and the hereafter. The next paragraph contains a the third step prayer. So when I make this transition of ownership of my will, what it enables me to do is something I hadn't really done before. Is if I'm not running it, I don't have to be afraid of it anymore. You know, and I had a real problem with this because I used to be afraid of God's will. I thought it was going to, you know, I had these preconceived notions. Oh my gosh, He's going to want me to you know, go live in Haiti for four years and be a missionary or something. And and I, I was running this bullshit by somebody of of relative good spiritual health, not in program, but many years ago, and at lunch, and he was entertaining me by just simply listening to me run this bullshit story. And when, when I got done, he says, Bob, stop for a second. I want to offer you something to think about. Try this on for size, son. If you had any idea what God's will was for you, you would find out immediately it's exactly what you would want for yourself. Why are you so afraid of it? If you're afraid of God's will, you got the wrong God. 
If you knew what God's will was for you, the God we're talking about in this program, the God we just made a deal with in step three, if you knew what His will was for you, you'd find out it's exactly what you would want for yourself. In fact, you probably couldn't even dream up the good deal that it is, even on your best thinking. Sober. It's so good. My dad used to say, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> now, I'd never had anybody say anything like that to me in my life. I'd never visited that as an I'd never entertained that thought for a second. I was only, why? Of course. We already talked about it. All I ever was was driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-consciousness, self-righteousness, self-centeredness, self, 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 scared, scared, scared. You know, there's only two responses humans have. And this is my sponsor, Bill S., saying this to us. And he's going to... He's offering this to y'all, too. So if you come up with something, we want to know. As far as him and Rick and Tom know, in 25 years, they've only figured out that there's only two responses. Humans respond either with a loving response or a fear response. Dang. And they said, well, what about anger? It's a subset of fear. Well, what about selfishness? It's a subset of fear. And it makes sense to me because I was driven by fear. So all of my negative, destructive responses, my toxicness is all fear-based. Everything was fear-based. So he says, we only know it too. If there's another one, call us. We want to know what it is. But we've only ever been to figure out there's only two responses. And what we're able to do now at the end of the third step prayer, if I'm not in control of my will anymore, and I'm going to be taking this supervision from God, the new management, I get to stop worrying. I get to stop being afraid. I can set the whole thing down and just wait for instruction, right? Isn't that what an employee does? How much relief is that? How huge is that? I'm not running the show anymore. Look how much simpler my life just got. That's part of the process here. This is some of the power. God's will is not a commuted sentence. God's will is your best friend, your biggest advocate. God's will is exactly what you need to be doing right now. And besides, when you do it, when you're involved in it, when you're connected to it, you're going to find it's the coolest thing ever. Life's biggest moments. So, anyway, what do we got next, Kevin? Um, I just want to make a comment. This is the, this is the first real um, prayer um, offered in the big book. There are, there are other allusions to prayer. Um, but So we've gotten to step three. We've accepted a power greater than ourselves, and, and, and we're... Excuse me. Through this through this prayer, we're starting to make a connection, a connection with that power. Um, I do this daily. Uh, I suggest to to people, even before they get to step three, that that um, that you start each each day off in prayer and and end the day in prayer. And you know, question, but. You know, 
But I don't know how to pray. Well, that's okay. There's, there's two simple words that you can use. In the morning, help. In the evening, thank you. <clears throat> and so by the time you've gotten to, got to step three, now we have a prayer for the morning. It's, it's basically help. <laughs> but it's really, it's really help because I can't do it. Help and take control. That, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, so if you've been, if you've just been praying help and thank you up to this point, now you, now you've got, uh, now you've got a prayer. Uh, another thing I want to toss into, and, and people of incredible spiritual study, people who dedicated their lives to the study of theology and religion, people who have dedicated their lives to helping others, um, and have amassed years of it. Um, have been placed in my path uh, throughout my life. And, and a couple of them have had uh, an enormous amount of time invested in the, in the research of prayer and scientific prayer and all kinds of different stuff. And so, to me, they were, you know, I have a lot of respect for that, you know. And, and one of them offered a commentary about prayer and this whole notion of what do you do? You know, how do you pray? What's, you know, because we, we all, you know, think it'll just, if you show up at church, it'll rub off on you. And it just is, is just a, so much you know, more to it than that. And he says, if you're ever lost for what to pray about, he says, one of the things that just sets it up for me, it always tees it up, is I just go into listing the thousands of different things about God that I love about God, about how amazing He is. It's my chance to try to, in my simple, human, limited way, put together some description of what this amazing power even is. And I'll spend time just rattling through all the amazing ways God is so huge, you're bigger, you're, you created it all, and then put us in it. You created us and you see us, you know us, you feel us, you talk to us, you love us, you give us mercy and forgiveness, and no matter seemingly what I do, you never leave me. You're constant, you're always, you always have been, you always will be, you were there before me, you're here with me now, you'll be with me at every moment after I am gone with my legacy, my family, and everything that I've ever been a part of. You are everywhere. You are all around me. I departed from you. You did not leave me. You are everything to me. You sustain me. You give me everything I need, whether I notice it or not, whether I'm aware of it or not. The fact that I struggled was a part of my plan. The fact that I've done all these most heinous things, you have made them into my greatest assets. Only you, God, could do that. And I go on and on and on and on until I'm okay with the notion of saying, God, will you please help me? Yet again, I am still human. I am frail. I am broken. Will you please help me? And it's different when I ask for help then than it was if I hadn't done that. So I just want to offer that to you. If you want to get started in how do I do the prayer, that's, that's one of the ways that, that you can get it done. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. 
Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.